Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of These Are The Valleys. Woo, y'all. So today we're talking about losing focus and basically how we should be keeping the main thing, the main thing. Now this last week, um, last Monday, I went on sabbatical from Bible study just because I was feeling spiritually drained. I felt like I had fallen off the wagon, like for real, and was like, okay, let me reset. Let me refresh. I need to get back to a good place with God. Um, before I can start pouring out spiritually into other people. Plus, I take Bible study very seriously, and I'm not about to get on there half doing anything um, that pertains to God. So this week, I've really been resting, celebrating my birthday, um, enjoying the people around me, just really sitting in gratitude. And that has helped me a lot spiritually and just overall mentally and all that. Um, but I did talk to God a couple days ago, well, like two days ago, and was just telling him like, man, I feel like I'm losing focus. I feel like I'm not keeping the main thing, the main thing. Like our relationship has been on the back burner and I don't like that. I don't like that. So this is what he wanted me to talk about this week. So we're basically going to be talking about that place that you can find yourself in when life isn't lifing that hard. Meaning I'm kind of in a place, a good place right now where it's like, Yes, I'm still working through a lot of things, but I'm not as depressed, (laughs) not as depressed about things or not as anxious about things or not as stressed about things. Like I'm just kind of chilling, you know, I'm chilling. So in that point, sometimes we can get to realizing that we have drifted away from that good place that we were in with God. Now, I don't want us to get into the habit of believing that every single moment of our lives, we're going to be on fire for God because that's not realistic and that's not a real relationship. And that's just not humanly possible. <laughs> I've yet to see that be done. But um, we don't want to get to a point where we sit in our drift and get so far away from God that we feel like we're just not near him or we lose that that bond that we have created. So this is an episode about getting back to that place, getting back to, to God, getting back into your relationship and not leaving this relationship on autopilot. Because we all know, I'm sure we all have had a relationship, romantic or friendship or family relationship that has gone on autopilot before and therefore in some ways diminished the bond that you used to have. So I don't want to have that with God. And, you know, this is just so important. So we're going to be talking about that today. Um, We're also going to be talking about the process of getting used to God and kind of routining it over relationshiping. So let's look at a biblical example. So I don't have the exact verse description or the exact verse reference, but y'all know the story of Moses for the most part. Okay. Let my people go. Pharaoh gets people out of Egypt. Cool. They wander around in the desert for some time because they hard headed. They don't never listen. You know, the Israelites child, we are them. They are us. And so Moses gets to a point right before they start going into the promised land. Like y'all, this is right before the promised land. And basically the people are complaining to Moses again, like, oh, we don't have any food, any water. You left us out here to die. Like we hate you. Throws rocks, throws rocks. You know what I mean? So Moses goes to God with Aaron, um, which is his brother and also the Israelites priests. And they go to God and are like, God, what do we do? Uh, There's no water. The people are getting on our nerves. They're so annoying. And God is like, okay, go to this rock. Speak to this rock, get your staff, go speak to this rock and I will make water come out of it. And that's how y'all will have water. Moses and Aaron's get up. Cool. Now, mind you, they were just in the presence of the Lord. Okay. They went into the temple or whatnot and talked to God. Now they're leaving the presence of the Lord. 
going to go do what he told them to do. They get in front of the people and Moses is like, listen, people, must we bring you water? Will you not shut up? I'm paraphrasing, right? Um, Will you not shut up here? And so he strikes the rock with his staff and that's when the water comes out. Now, I don't want y'all to miss this. I want this go over your heads because what did God tell Moses to do? Did he tell him to strike the rock or speak to the rock? He told him to speak to the rock, right? And this man goes and strikes the rock. Not only that, he goes and he says, must who bring, um, must who bring you water? Must we bring you water? Because first of all, Aaron and Moses, y'all are not responsible for the water coming out this rock. Come on now. Don't take the credit away from God. So Moses messed up in two places. One, he was working in his own strength right? He said he, instead of doing what God told him to do, which was going to take less energy, he went and did what he thought was best in the situation. And this is a great indicator that you're losing focus, that you're drifting away from God is that when God tells you to do things, when you go to God for advice, you're not even taking the advice. You're doing what you want to do in your own strength. And you're wondering why, you know, you so stressed in this or that out of alignment. Then, um, they kept the credit to themselves. So when you start giving yourself more credit than you are actually due in any situation that is a good indicator that you are drifting and that you are losing focus of the main thing so recently um I started this serving job that pays very well and I basically budgeted well for my birthday all that stuff and so I was going into this week I worked yesterday and I went into this week like oh I'm going you know just get the money right back da 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 Child, I literally had the worst day I've ever had at that job. Like, I didn't even make $100. I made right under $100, but you know, it was just the worst day ever. I've never, ever, ever made that little money at that job. I've never, um, I've ne- it's never been that slow. And I just kind of had to take a moment to check myself when I got home. Like, okay, girl, first of all, don't forget that God is your provision, not this job, okay? Don't forget that God is your provider, not the people that come through the doors of this job. Don't sit here and get so into the money, get so into the the financial prosperity of being in this job that you forget who is really responsible for putting that food in your mouth and that money in your pocket. You know what I mean? And so it's just a a bit of like a self-humbling, like remember that it is not you who produces wealth. It is who? God that gives us the power to produce wealth. Hello, Deuteronomy. I think it's Deuteronomy 8.18, right? Um... So yeah, we just want to keep ourselves like in check when it comes to that. And those are great markers that you're drifting. Those are great markers that you're losing focus. Another popular person in the Bible that comes to mind when I think about this is King Saul. Um, Basically, he lost his anointing. I don't know if y'all know this story, but real, real quick. um, He was the first king of Israel. The people, the Israelites were like, we want a king. Everybody else got a king. We want a king. When first of all, God is your king. Oh my gosh, Israelites. So God was like, okay, cool. I'm going to appoint this boy named Saul. Saul was king. Cool. Then he had, um, what's homeboy name? Samuel. Samuel was the priest and, you know, real wise, whatnot. Um, and he was like, all right, don't sacrifice this sacrifice until I get back. And then God will give you victory in the war. But the war started getting real bad. Saul got scared and he sacrificed the uh, offering before Samuel got back. And so basically off of that, God took away his anointing and gave it to David. And then right after that, we see David is anointed as the king over Israel, although it takes years for that to come into fruition. But that's basically the story leading up to David and the story of the ending of King Saul's anointing. So what happened here? King Saul was moving ahead of God. 
That was his problem. He let his circumstances push him into making a decision or into action before God told him it was time. And it's just so, so imperative, y'all, that we do not forsake God's timing. We do not forsake God's plan, his will, his instructions to the T. We don't want to end up sacrificing the beauty of something that God has already written. Remember, the things of your life is already written. Your story is already written, y'all. It's already written. It's just whether or not you come into agreement and execute the story. It's up to you. But, um, yeah. So this man here, he, he had the instructions. He had the exact timeline. All you had to do was wait till you seen Samuel and Samuel walked up to you and then you could sacrifice it. The crazy thing is in the story, Samuel comes up literally as Saul is done doing the offering. Like that man literally had to wait five more minutes, like for real. But it's just a, a great picture of how our impatience, how our prioritization of our circumstances over God can cost us. Because King Saul could have had, he could have been reigning forever. We would have never known about little old David. You know what I mean? Like, and David is one of the most popular people in the Bible. Like, arguably the most popular pe- person in the Bible, besides Jesus, of course. But, um, yeah. So we don't want to do that. Another thing that I learned from this is the how Saul prioritized the routine over the relationship. He had gotten clear instructions from God, well, through Samuel, um, about what to do. And he bypassed that to do something that from the outside looked like a good thing. From the outside, it looks like, oh, good for the king. He's making a sacrifice to God before this war. Good for him. But between him Samuel and the Lord, he knew that he was doing something incorrect, even though the routine of it all seemed uh, justifiable. So I just want to remind y'all, like, don't get so caught up in the spiritual rituals. Don't get caught up in the religion of things that you fall out of alignment, that you fall out of that relationship, that you fall out of that will, that anointing that God has on you. Because at the end of the day, if we don't keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing is going to go. Not saying God will ever leave us nor forsake us. But even you see here, King Saul didn't accomplish what the anointing was put on his life to accomplish. You know what I mean? Moses didn't make it to the promised land because of that. God told him that he would not see the promised land. Imagine you was wandering around leading people for 40 years. The whole reason you were born was to lead these people into the promised land. And you don't even fulfill your birth purpose. You don't even fulfill that because you moving ahead of God because you're taking credit. So I'm just saying this all to not only encourage y'all, but to encourage myself as well to keep the main thing, the main thing. And don't forsake God's will, God's anointing. Don't forsake the relationship with him over the anointing, y'all, because the anointing is a byproduct of being in alignment with the Lord. Being in alignment with the Lord is where peace and joy, patience, long suffering, discipline, all these fruits of the spirit are found in the Lord. So why would we sit here and forsake that for temporary pleasures, for um, to satisfy our impatient flesh, to look good to the people around us, to show off and take credit for something that's not even our doing. Like, it's really crazy, y'all, when we think about it, how how much we would be sacrificing. It even makes me think about, um, who was it? It was Esau and Isaac. Oh, Lord, help me, Father. The two brothers. I know one of them was Esau. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Esau and Isaac, y'all. Hold on. Let me go look it up. Okay, y'all. I knew I was wrong. It didn't sound right. It was Esau and Jacob, but Isaac was the daddy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. 
Esau and Jacob, right? So Esau was the older brother and he has the natural birthright, right? According to just custom, cultural custom of the time, he has the natural birthright. And then Jacob is the younger brother. Now, Esau was just real, real hungry. He came in from the field. Jacob was in the house. He was cooking up some soup. And Esau was like, oh, I'm finna die. I'm just so, so hungry. Like, let me get a bowl of that soup. Jacob is like, yeah, you can get a bowl of this soup if you give me your birthright. Now, mind y'all, that birthright is very, very, very special, especially coming from the line of Isaac. Like, just so much blessing, so much anointing. Not even gonna get into all that. And Esau was so hungry and so impatient to make his own food. Mind y'all, this man is not starving, dying for real, for real. Like, he's just being super dramatic. He's like, oh, yes, fine, fine. You can have my birthright. Just give me some soup. Can y'all imagine? That is what we, and it sounds outrageous, like, oh, I would never do that for a bowl of soup. But nine times out of 10, that's what you're doing when you give up the will of God, when you give up the direction that God had for your life for whatever is right in front of you, for whatever seems comfortable or convenient. Nine times out of 10, you're making your situation more dramatic than it is in your head. Yeah, I'm not saying he wasn't hungry. He was hungry. But he wasn't give up your birthright starving. You know what I mean? And so sometimes we can get to that point where we see our situation and I'm not downplaying your situation because your situation is real. But sometimes you forget how important it is to sit on that birthright. And as born again believers, we now have the inheritance of the kingdom of God. And a lot of times we find ourselves exchanging that birthright for a bowl of soup, exchanging that birthright for a little bit of money, exchanging that birthright for some company right now. When you know you ain't supposed to be with that person, why are you with them? Well, you know you ain't supposed to be entertaining non-believers. Why are you doing that? Like, you know what I mean? So this is just a really, really good reminder. There's so many reminders in the Bible of people who moved ahead of what they were supposed to do, who traded God's blessings for something temporary that when I, I'm sure when they look back at it, they were kicking themselves like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? I had the God of the universe, the makers of heaven and earth on my side telling me, give me the cheat code and I still don't do it. So all that to say, y'all, please prioritize your relationship with God above all else. Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and what? His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. All of them will be added unto you, y'all. So I just want to remind y'all, don't lose focus. Take this time to repent, turn away from whatever was keeping your focus. Identify your triggers. Identify what you are focusing on. Identify what at the root of your heart is making you prioritize that over God. Whether you think that that's your source of stability or provision, whether you think that that's going to bring you the love, the joy, the comfort, the peace that you're looking for, um, just whatever it is, identify what your trigger is and bring that to God. Like always, always go back to God. God is always standing right there. It's us who walk away from him. Not the other way around, not the other way around. So just remember, no matter how far you feel like you strayed or drifted or how much focus you've lost or how many instructions you ignore, he's still here to love you and, and to help you and to guide you. So yeah, y'all, that's today's episode. Not too long, not too short. It's just right. Like a little bowl of porridge. Word to Goldilocks. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Oh my goodness. But yeah, y'all, I love y'all so much. Please leave a rating review. Hit me up on Instagram at the Jasmine Cambridge. And yeah, I don't know what it looks like from the mountaintop just yet, but for now, these are the valleys. Bye.